Well, good morning once again. This is actually an update to a similar sermon that I preached a couple years back um, before any of us ever knew what the coronavirus was. Um, And I think we all realize that, you know, the world has changed quite a bit. Our lives have changed quite a bit since then. And this topic was actually requested um, at the time by one of one of our young people here at this church. And then in the past few months, I've had a handful of, of people approach me um, talking about their struggles with anxiety. And so I thought it'd be good to broach the topic once again. And this is a very, for me, a personal topic because I've, I've struggled with anxiety for years, which at times can be crippling. And it's always just, it's been hard for me to quiet my brain. I'm one of those kind of, kinds of people that my brain is just always going, always going. Um, some of you might relate to that feeling of, you know, laying in bed at night and you're trying to go to sleep, but you're thinking, of, I, I see you nodding, Elvira, just thinking about plans, thinking about all sorts of things when you really just want to be counting sheep. <laughs> um, I ruminate about things from the past and make up possible scenarios for the future. And that is a struggle for me to stay present when, when that is going on. And this is why it's very important for you to, to pray for your pastor, to tell your friends and family that you love them, not to pile negativity upon others. You know, think of, of, of some of those sayings that Larie wrote up there this morning, these things that we can say to people, because we don't always know what's going on. Um, I'd assume that most of you probably have no idea the amount of, of pain and heartache that someone that might be very close to you is going through at any given time. Because, you know, we clean up quite nicely, don't we? We clean up quite nicely. And I, I think that most of, of you can resonate with the concept of, of a Sabbath mask. I'm not talking about, you know, the, the, the mask because of the pandemic. I'm, I'm talking about this, this face that we put on that maybe isn't so truthful. Maybe inside we are unhappy, but we put a smile on when we come to church. Or, or maybe, you know, you, you can relate to a school mask or a work mask. And we clean up quite nice when we come together for worship or for school or for work. But oftentimes we hide our pain and struggles. We don't want to be judged. We don't want to be seen as weak. And sometimes we, we just don't want to talk about it. But God, God knows our heart. And we, we can't hide from him. I'm happy to say that God and others helped to bring me through some of those rough patches in my life. And I I believe that I'm a a better man, a better person for having gone through it all. I'm a better man for being honest with myself about my issues and, and seeking help. I'm a better man for learning to be less independent and depend more upon God and the people that he sends into my life. I'm a better man for realizing my 
complete and utter need for Jesus. So if you haven't guessed today, I'm going to be speaking about anxiety. And this topic is extremely important, and, and you'll see why momentarily. Did you know that it is a normal part of life to experience occasional anxiety? It's a normal part of life. We all feel anxiety at different times for various reasons. But if you start to feel it too strongly or too often, this could be the sign of a deeper issue. I'd like to ask a couple questions and and get your responses. So I, I won't ask for a vocal response. You can just either hold up a one, a two, or a three. A one, the, the, you're, it's saying you believe just go see a doctor. Two means just pray about it. Three means go see a doctor and pray about it, okay? If you break your leg, do you believe that you should, one, just go see a doctor, two, just pray about it, or three, go see a doctor and pray about it? All right, yeah, I see, I see a lot of threes. I see some ones, too. Yeah, maybe get to the doctor first and then, you know, <laughs> begin, the, begin the prayers on the way. What about if you have heart disease? Just go see a doctor, just pray about it, or go see a doctor and pray about it. All right, yeah, a lot of, a lot of threes again. What about if you have cancer? Go see a doctor, just pray about it, go see a doctor and pray about it. And then finally, If you experience severe or ongoing anxiety or depression, go see a doctor, just pray about it. Go see a doctor and pray about it. All right, yeah, I see a lot of threes. Maybe I I conditioned you all to, to say that. But a lot of times when you talk to people, that's not the, the response that you will always get back. Sometimes it's just, oh, just pray about it. Just pray about it. Why is it that so many Christians believe that God can use doctors and, and medicine to help alleviate or even heal physical ailments, but they think that prayer is enough to overcome anxiety or depression? I believe it's because for many of us, anxiety has become a four-letter word. We don't talk about it. We try and ignore it. Maybe we, we view it as being taboo. We don't want others to know what we're struggling with. We wonder if they may think that we are, are, are weak or crazy or, or lack faith. These are some of the things that, that I've heard. We don't want to feel like something is wrong with us. We don't want to seem like we're, we're, we're weird or weak. Now, I do feel like the pandemic and, and this experience that we've all been through for coming up on two years now, it's helped things a bit in this area when it comes to talking about mental health. But that said, I still think that we have a, a long way to go. Dear friends, if you struggle with anxiety or depression, I just want you to know that you are not alone. You are not alone. So let's look at some facts about anxiety. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults in the United States age 18 and older, or 18.1% of the population every year. Anxiety disorders are highly treatable, yet 
Only 36.9% of those who are suffering actually go out and receive treatment. Anxiety disorders develop from a complex set of risk factors, including genetics, brain chemistry, personality, and life events. So this means that it is a complete and utter lie if anyone tells you that you are experiencing anxiety or depression simply because you do not have enough faith. That's a lie. I've heard that come out of Christian's mouth. That is spiritual abuse. That's what that is. It's not uncommon for someone with an anxiety disorder to suffer from depression or vice versa. Nearly one half of those diagnosed with depression are also diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. It's astounding that we don't talk about these issues more. And you start looking at these, these statistics, crunching these numbers, they're common. They're prevalent in the U.S. And if we don't want to talk about anxiety for our own benefit, then we'd better start doing it for the sake of our children. Did you know that anxiety disorders affect 25.1% of young people between the ages of 13 and 18? That's one in four, a quarter. Research shows that untreated young people with anxiety disorders are at a higher risk to perform poorly in school, miss out on important social experiences, and engage in substance abuse. These are all things that we worry about when it comes to our children, right? What I'm trying to tell you is that ignoring the issue only makes things worse. For those that haven't experienced extreme anxiety, It might be easy to think that it's just a mental thing. But when anxiety gets bad enough, it actually has physical manifestations. Ailments including but not limited to shortness of breath or rapid breathing, increased heart rate, tightness in the chest, headache, stomach pain, sweating, trembling, and insomnia. It's not uncommon for someone who's having an anxiety attack to go to the ER thinking that they are having a heart attack. I've been there. I've been there. I also wonder why we as a church aren't talking about these things more. So this is, this is something that I, I added that I didn't have the last time that I talked about this topic. This is research coming from Lifeway. So it is specifically based on research that has been found from Christians, from church members. 23% of pastors acknowledge they have personally struggled with a mental illness. 49% of pastors say they rarely or never speak to their congregation about mental illness. 27% of churches have a plan to assist families affected by mental illness. 65% of church-going family members of those with mental illness want their church to talk openly about mental illness. 65%. And then another high number, 59% of those actually suffering from mental illness feel the same. And then 53% of churchgoers with mental illness say the church has been supportive. So that's half. I mean, that, that's, that's progress. It's not, it's not great, but that, that, that's some good progress. So I, I'm here to, to buck this trend with this local congregation. I'm here to say that this is a problem. I'm here to admit that, you know, I have some of these personal struggles. Now, I don't want to just state all of these problems and not offer a solution. 
your church leadership team just a, a few weeks back unveiled a new initiative to help make sure we are doing what we can to meet the needs of any member or somebody that they know who is struggling. We've begun a partnership with Green Shoe Foundation and will pay the cost to make sure that anyone who would like to attend can do so. Green Shoe, this is from from their site, offers confidential, professional five-day retreats aimed toward improving and impacting individual lives and communities. Their goal is to help you embrace and heal the past, restore healthy patterns in your life, create space to be your authentic self, and discover joy. Now, maybe you're picking up on some things like, these are all things that God wants for our lives, right? If you believe that you could benefit from an experience like this, please talk to Larie Riedenbaugh. If you don't know who Larie is, Larie, could you just stand for us? If you believe you could benefit from this or you know someone else who could, please don't leave here today without speaking with Larie. And she will be completely confidential. I know that, that, that she has six or seven people ready to go through this. I don't know who they are, and I don't need to. So also, going back, I, I want you to notice one of the facts I mentioned a, uh, a minute ago. Anxiety is highly treatable. Anxiety is highly treatable. That is good news, whether it's severe, whether it's ongoing, or whether it occurs randomly. We've got options to fight back. So I want to share with you a few practical tips that we can all do. You can start doing this today. And then I want to also look at the the spiritual side of things. Because once again, as as the Seventh-day Adventist Church, we do believe in holistic living. You know, the things that are happening with our mental health will affect our physical health. And the things that are happening with our physical health can impact our spiritual health. So here are a few practical tips. One is just talk to someone. You don't have to struggle alone. See a professional. I believe that God uses doctors, therapists, and counselors to bring healing to people every single day. Exercise. Exercise and other physical activities produce endorphins. Endorphins. Chemicals in the brain that act as natural painkillers. It also improves the ability to sleep, which in turn reduces stress. And it just takes five minutes. Five minutes of aerobic activities can start to release these endorphins in your brain. Journal. Journal. I know that much of my anxiety comes from simply having too many plans, too many ideas, too many worries in my head bouncing around, and I don't want to forget them, so I keep bouncing them around, but when I can write it down, I can find some relief. I can let it go. Journaling and writing, it helps to empty out some of the pressure in my head that builds up throughout the day. Another thing that we can do is volunteer. Volunteer, because helping others can sometimes put our own worries and concerns into perspective. Spend time in nature. I know that for me, nothing clears my mind, like being able to go out into God's creation. Fresh air, sunlight, the sounds of wildlife. I I believe that God created those things for our joy, for our enjoyment. We spend a lot of time indoors. 
not enough time outdoors. Another one is, uh, it, it seems obvious, but I think we, we all struggle with it from time to time. Drink more water. Drink more water. I don't care what issue you are dealing with, whether it is physical or mental, we could all benefit from drinking a little bit more water each day. Another one, this is a big struggle nowadays with the internet, with smartphones, with, you know, TVs that, you know, uh, it was, it was before my time, but I know some of you can remember back when the TV went off for the night, as in the, the channels stopped playing things. No more shows, no more commercials. That is not the case. And because of that, um, we struggle with sleep, but we've got to learn to take sleep seriously. Just like drinking water, we can all benefit from more quality sleep. And stress and anxiety, though, they can also cause sleep problems or worsen existing ones. But then on the flip side, lack of sleep can also lead to an anxiety disorder. So, you know, try to get more sleep. And once again, if you are struggling with sleep, if you have a problem, see a professional, talk to someone. You could try, you know, maybe waking up at the same time, going to sleep at the same time every single night, getting your body into its circadian rhythm. And shock, even on the weekends, even on the weekends. I know that that might be really hard for you, but if you are struggling with sleep, try to get up at the same time every single day. Um, you know, have, have a nightly routine. Um, you know, avoid caffeine, limit screen time. These are all things that we should be mindful of as the sun is starting to go down. So there you have it. I've listed the the facts and some, some practical tips for finding physical and emotional ways to combat anxiety. But, but now what? Is there anything to glean from, from the spiritual side of things? We are in a church building, aren't we? So to, to start to wrap this sermon up, I'd like to share a number of verses that I hope can bring you comfort if you are battling anxiety or depression. If we attack anxiety from a more holistic approach, mind, body, and soul, we have a better chance of finding comfort and relief. So cling to these promises. Hold on to these words from God. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So he's saying fear not. He's reminding you, you won't be alone. And God's right hand is strong. He can hold you up even when you feel that you can't hold yourself up. He's not gonna leave you alone. Sometimes we might shut him out of our lives but he's not going to shut us out of his life. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Now we know we need to bring things to God in prayer, but then with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. What I have found really helpful in my prayers to God is to let him know my struggles, ask him for those things that I desire, but also praise him for the things that he's already done. Thank him for the blessings. 
It continues into verse four. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. We're all searching for that peace. I believe that every single human being on this planet is searching for this peace. Some of us have been able to put a name to who that peace comes from, but everybody's searching for it. Do you realize that there are a lot of people in this world that haven't made that connection? They feel that they are alone. They don't realize they can find peace in Jesus. I don't think we need to let that fact slip us by. Build upon that, lean into that. And he continues in verse eight. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. That might look different for each of us. You know, for some of us, maybe it means turning, turning off the news, putting away the newspaper. Maybe it means setting boundaries with certain people in your life that are always negative. I don't know what that looks like for you, but I think that we can all do a better job of, of allowing more positivity to come into our lives. These types of things. 1 Peter 5, 7, this was our scripture reading for today. Casting all your care, some, some versions say anxieties upon him, for he cares for you. You'll remember a, a number of weeks ago, if you were here, that I read that, that one quote that, that Ellen White wrote that I really liked it. And she was talking about the fact that at, at the beginning, at the start of things, that thing that will move us forward in our relationship with God and seeing our need for him is first off knowing that he loves us. He cares for us. If we know that in the back of our minds, even when life gets hard, even when things get tough, that sometimes is just what we need to just give us that little extra push to bring us to the point where we call out to him. We're not going to bother God with our problems. We're not going to overwhelm him with our anxieties. Reach out to him knowing that he cares for you. Proverbs 12, 25, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But a good word makes it glad. The power of words, right, Larry? The power of words. They can do so much damage, cause so much harm, so much heartache, but they can also build up and comfort, offer peace. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Back in these days when this was written, the Israelites had to physically look at that place, look at that sanctuary to know that God was there, the Shekinah glory within that building. But now with the Holy Spirit, he's always with us. We don't have to go to a specific place. We don't have to wait for a specific time. God's spirit is with us at all times. I think that we need to get to a point where we start living that way, living as if we believe it. 
A lot of our problems, a lot of our struggles come from the fact that we often feel so alone. But with the Holy Spirit in your life, we're never alone. Matthew 6.34, depending on your Bible, these might be red letters. This is Jesus speaking. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. I hear you, Jesus. You're speaking directly to me on that one. (laughs) You know, life is busy. Life can be scary, and it can be overwhelming. And that's just a day. But we hurt ourselves. We shoot ourselves in the foot when we are constantly looking ahead to tomorrow and next week and next year and the next decade. Jesus is gently calling us back. And if you're familiar with with this text, he goes on and he starts talking about some of the things that we see in nature, right? Doesn't seem like the birds are worrying about what's going to happen in five years. Seems like they're focusing on building their nest so they can, you know, sleep tonight, so they can lay some eggs today. Not worrying about all that stuff. The grass just does its thing. It just, it, it grows. It knows there's a time and place for everything. Eventually it's going to die, be thrown into the fire. Yes, yes, but it doesn't seem too worried about that when it's growing. <laughs> Try to just just narrow down your focus a little bit. If you feel overwhelmed, if you feel like it's too much, you might be looking too far ahead. Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When you're having an anxiety attack, or maybe you're feeling depressed, it can be so overwhelming to the point where you know it doesn't feel good, you know you're scared, you know it feels terrible, but you don't even know how to voice what is actually going on in your body or in your mind. It's hard for us to tell other people what is happening when we're in that place. And sometimes that can transfer over to our prayers to God. I don't even know what to ask for to God, so why would I even waste his time? Don't let that thinking get into your mind. If it's as simple as like Peter did when he was sinking beneath the waves, Lord, help me, Lord, save me, or I die. It can be that, Lord, help me. Because God is not interpreting and listening to your words as much as he is reading your heart. You don't have to get the words right for God to be able to move. Give him the permission to help you. Isaiah 41, 13. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. If you go throughout the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, you can find 365 variations of fear not, do not be afraid. That's enough for every day of the year, right? Every day of the year, there's a reminder from God, fear not, do not be afraid. I am with you. I've got you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So there are numerous things that we can do to ease or even get rid of anxiety. 
But the biggest key is not to suffer alone. Not to suffer alone. Talk to God. Talk to trusted friends or family. And if needed, speak with a healthcare professional. Shutting people out is not a show of of strength or faith or power. It's time we learn to make ourselves vulnerable and embrace the fact that we are weak. We need some help. And that's okay. That's okay. It's in our weakness that we can realize that Jesus is strong. In closing, I want you to remember the fact that God is always with you. God always loves you. He cares for you. And now I'm going to invite Chris Bryant to come forward uh, to stand at the foot of the steps. He's our elder in charge for today. We've been doing this thing for a few months now. But after the benediction, those of you who wish can be dismissed. But if there's anybody here that has a specific prayer request, a certain thing that they're struggling with, a burden that they would like to get off of their shoulders. We want to invite you to come forward, speak to either Chris or speak to myself. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to lift that petition up to the throne of God. Let us pray. Our loving, gracious, heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much that you care for us. May that be the, the, the beginning of our relationship with you and that it may grow from there. Knowing that you care, knowing that you love us, we pray that that would lead us to a place where we learn to trust you more, to speak to you more, to follow you more, and to give all of our fears, all of our worries, all of our anxieties over to you. Lord, we're also grateful that you have given people gifts and talents to serve and to help others. Lord, even when it comes to mental health, we thank you for the healthcare professions that you have built up. Lord, we ask that you would continue to bless them and that if any of us need to speak to them, that you would give us the strength, the bravery to move forward and to ask for help. But Lord, most of all, we thank you for Jesus. It's because of Jesus that we can can read these words in the Bible And we can know that they are true because he kept his word, every bit of it. Lord, he loved us so much that he died for us. And Lord, in the same way that Jesus gave his life to us, we now want to give our lives to him. Fill us with your spirit, we pray. And we ask it all in Jesus' name, amen.